Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Bible, who brought their Bible with them tonight? Make some noise. If you've got a Bible that has... Hear me, wait, I haven't said it yet. If you've got a Bible that has pages, make some noise. Okay, all my old school Christians in the house tonight. If you've got an app on your phone, make some noise. Whatever. Real Christians, Bibles have pages. Here we go. (laughs) Three people just left. I'm going to read this um, this, um, little portion um, of Scripture in Acts chapter 9. And starting from uh, verse 1, then then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters of him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way or any who were saved, if he found any Christians, whether men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Verse 3, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, if you're someone that writes in your Bible or, or uh, highlights on your app, can you highlight that word suddenly for me? As he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me. This story, Saul is on a rampage, hates Christians, and he's out to kill them. The Bible says, as we just read, that he's in the middle of carrying out these actions against Christians, but God intervenes and he intervenes suddenly. I want to share something with you tonight that that I really want to just share to you what I felt God laid on my heart. Can I do that tonight? I tried as best I possibly could to put it together in a sermon because I know that's what we come to church to hear. But to be real honest with you, I was just praying and and seeking God and just kept getting these different pieces, if you like, from God that I felt like God just told me to share to you. And I've tried as best I can to put it together in a sermon. But at the end of the day, if you walk out of here with a cool sermon, it's not going to change you. But if you walk out with a word from God, that will. And that's my heart tonight. That you would catch in your spirit what I believe God wants us to catch. I believe God has dropped something in my heart and my spirit for us as a church and for you personally for this year. I don't know about you, but many of many people that I've spoken to, I know for us, for Cressa and my family and our, ourselves, 2017, while being a great year, carried with it some challenges. A lot of people that I've talked to and a lot of people that I've heard talk about what happened in 2017, while there were some great things that happened, I've heard a lot of people say that some of the biggest challenges they've ever faced in their life happened in 2017. Some of the biggest hits came in 2017. 
some of those sudden hits that seem to come out of the blue. You know the type of things that I'm talking about? It seems to be those sudden attacks from the enemy that seem to come from nowhere that somehow seem to hit us so much harder than those attacks that perhaps we saw coming. And I began to look in in the Bible and through Scripture. And one thing that I noticed about God, and I want to remind you, that whenever the children of God came under attack, that God never ever left them hanging in that state. That whenever the children of God came under attack or faced trials or faced adversities, that God never left them without. God always vindicates His people. That God will only allow you to take so many hits where God will then intervene in your life and in your situation and say, okay, devil, enough is enough. That if you look at the Israelites in Egypt, the Bible says that it was 400 years of attack. 400 years of oppression, 400 years of difficulties, of striving, of being in slavery. But then God came to a point at which He said over His his children, the Israelites, where He said over them, enough is enough. I'm about to intervene and I'm going to do it suddenly. I want to tell you, I don't know what you've been through in 2017, but in 2018, I believe God is about to intervene in a radical powerful and supernatural way. The number eight in Scripture represents the number of new beginnings. God is about to intervene and bring about a new beginning of breakthrough in your life and in your family in 2018. I felt God stir me and stir my heart. There's numbers of Stories throughout Scripture, if you look, as I just said in Psalm 135 and verse 14, for the Lord will vindicate His people and have compassion on His sermons, of his, on his sermon, servants. God will not leave you hanging. God will not leave you in lack, in difficulties and in challenges. God will intervene. The Bible tells us that while those difficulties and challenges we all face, that they are only but for a season. The challenges are seasonal. The adversities that you've been facing and dealing with is just a season. It is not your long-term destination. It's just a seasonal trial that I want to tell you, and I don't often say this, but I want to tell you, I feel prophetically, it's a seasonal trial that's about to come to a finish. It's a season of trial and testing that's about to come to its completion and God is about to intervene in a supernatural, radical way. In First Peter 1 and verse 6, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, 
if need be, you have been given, you have grieved by, sorry, you're grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honour and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Look at this, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I want to tell you that the affliction and the challenges and the difficulties that perhaps you've been working through are about to work for you. That how the how the Bible says and the Lord says that what the enemy meant for evil, Joseph said it. What the enemy meant meant for evil. What the enemy sent my way to try and hold me back and afflict me, God is about to flip the script on the enemy and turn it around to move you forward into the things that God has for you. This is just a season. Don't get down. Don't allow the weight of what you're dealing with and going through hold you back right now. It's just been a season and your season is about to come to an end. Because during this season, I believe God is saying, I've been doing a work in you. I've been teaching you during this season how to pray. I've been teaching you what it is to trust in the Word of God. I've been teaching you what it is to stand and declare the promises of God. And as you've been faithful to do so, I will be faithful to break you through into the fullness of my promise and plan for your life. This story that we read about in Acts I believe for us tonight, this represents the enemy. As Saul was on a mission to take out the Christians, you've got to understand, and I know we don't like talking too much about them demons and crazy things like that, and I don't like, you know, I don't like sort of to get too weird, but you've got to understand that John 10.10 10 says that Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy, that Jesus came to give you life and life to the full. That there is, in fact a demonic assignment out over your life. The same way in this story, this was an assignment that Saul had over the children of God. This was an assignment that Saul had to cut off, to bind up, to pull down and to finish the work of God that God was doing in and through His people. But God interrupted. And I want to show you through Scripture, how powerful it is when God interrupts the enemy's plans. He does not do it slowly. He does it quickly. He doesn't do it nicely. He does it quite harshly. There comes a point when our loving, awesome, beautiful, sweet, peaceful God flicks a switch in heaven and says, enough is enough. The trial's over. I'm shutting down this attack over their life and I'm going to do it quickly. In fact, the word that this story uses is the word suddenly. 
And I felt that God stirred this as I was praying and trying to put together a sermon and come up with something to share to stir your heart. I just kept hearing this word in my spirit suddenly that I'm about to do something in 2018 in your life and it's about to be a sudden work. It's going to be quick. It's going to be immediate. There will not be a delay. When God intervenes, He intervenes suddenly. Make some noise right now if you believe that God's about to do something suddenly. He's about to interrupt the enemy over your life, over your family, over your marriage, and it's going to happen quickly. It's going to happen suddenly. I want to encourage you and remind you that you serve a God of suddenly. You serve a God of the immediate. You serve a God that when He intervenes, things shift quickly. When God steps in, things change immediately. There's a sudden work that God is about to do. I want to declare it, if you like, over your life. That there are sudden job promotions coming. That there are sudden pay rises that you did not see coming and they came just out of the blue over your life. That there are sudden deals, businessmen and women that are about to come across your desk and it's going to happen all of a sudden. That there are sudden miracles where God is going to intervene in your physical body and it's going to happen very quickly, suddenly. It's going to be a quick work. Sudden. Restoration for families where the enemy has tried to bring brokenness year after year after year after year. God is about to change it and it's about to happen quickly and suddenly in Jesus' Name. Marriages are about to be restored and they're going to be restored Suddenly, where the enemy and the enemy is attacked it day after day, and there are so many issues and problems and challenges that you're dealing with as a married couple, God is about to bring restoration and He's going to do it suddenly. There is a sudden work that I believe God is about to do in 2018, and I want to show you through scripture that you serve a God. Of suddenly, I want to give you real quickly three quick things how to set up for a suddenly. There is a suddenly coming your way, there is a sudden turnaround coming your way, and there are, spe- there are specific things that you need to do in your life to set yourself up for the suddenly that God is about to do. On the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 and verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues as a fire sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. There was a sudden thing that God did, but what set these apostles up for suddenly was obedience to be where God had told them to be. How to set up for a suddenly, the first thing is you have to continue in obedience. 
Being obedient to what God is telling you to do, even when perhaps it doesn't make sense in the natural. Be obedient. He's setting you up for a suddenly. Obedient to the voice of God. Obedient to the word of God. Even though it might be difficult at times, you are setting yourself up for suddenly. As we begin the fast in 2018, and some of you that God has spoken to you about about beginning this fast with us, and you're being obedient to the call of God, you might just feel like it's difficult and challenging and it doesn't make sense. I want to tell you through this obedience, you are setting yourself up for a sudden work. The Bible in the Bible in Daniel chapter 10 and Pastor Jensen, our senior pastor, spoke from this passage this morning. But in 10, in chapter 10, it's speaking of Daniel. While Daniel is on a fast, Daniel gets a vision from God. And in Daniel chapter 10 and verse 10, it begins by saying, Daniel speaking of the vision, suddenly a hand touched me. The hand of God came upon Daniel while he was fasting and it came upon him quickly. It came upon him without delay. It came upon him suddenly. There's a sudden work that God wants to do and to position us, each one of us to be positioned to that, to receive that sudden work, to be set up for the suddenly. It requires continued obedience. Continuing in prayer and fasting, this was something that Daniel was known for. I want to tell you that there is a suddenly coming your way. That there is a suddenly that God is about to do in and through your life. And it's going to happen in 2018. How many of you received that over your life tonight? <laughs> Continuing in obedience. I remember when I was, I must have been 19, I'd finished high school and, and uh, I, I needed, I'd taken, I'd deferred the, uh, the um, study, the, the college that I was going to do, I'd put that off and, and I was going to go and work and basically I needed a job. I didn't have money at the time, I must have had $8 to my name, I'd gone through a series of different challenges in my life prior to that and I, I really needed God to provide a job for me. I remember I was with my buddy and we were, um, I was with my buddy and I was in his kitchen, we're sitting at the table and, and I said, bro, I need, a, I need a job. I need God to do something. Like He began talking with me and he said, well, he, he starts telling me about this job that, that he had recently got. He said, bro, you need a job like me. This is awesome. I, I get this, I get paid this much. It's a great job. And he was qualified in it and he was, I felt like God stirred me and said, ring him. I'm like, ring who? Like, what are you? He said, ring this company. So I said to my buddy, I'm at the kitchen table. I'm 19. I'm just out of high school. And, and I said, what's the number for this company? He says, what are you? I said, I'm going to ring him. He said, and do what? It's a big multi-million dollar company. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to ask him for a job. I needed a job. I figured, let's just do it. I ring this company, I ring just like the standard line. I said, hello, I'm wondering if you're hiring. She said, what department would you like to work in? What, what department do you want me to put you through? I said, well, what are the options? <laughs> I didn't know much about the company. Turns out they were bigger than I thought. 
So she said, look, I'll put you through to someone and see if they can help you. I rang this. Uh, she puts me through to this lady and, and, uh, and she gets on the phone. And, and I said, hello. I said, I'm wondering if there's, if there's a job. I'm wondering if she said, it's so interesting. This is what she said to me. It is so interesting that you just rang me because we are currently doing interviews and I just got off the phone with someone that had to cancel their interview. So I have an opening. I said, well, look at that. I said to her, I've got the person to fill that spot. She said, do you? I said, yep, it's me. I said, when are the interviews? She said, tomorrow. So there I go. I went and I got dressed up nice because that's what you do for interviews. I didn't have any money. I didn't have, any, I didn't have a car. I didn't have, so I, got, I bought a train ticket. I got on the train. I caught the train down to this this. Um, building downtown Melbourne. I'll never forget it. I, I walk in this building. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I took my resume. It had nothing on it, but I took it anyway. <laughs> Put it in a nice folder. Come on, fake it till you make it. Just make it look good. <laughs> I was just praying they weren't going to open it, you know. I walk into this interview and I'm sitting down in there and there must have been 10 or 15 other people there. There's 10 or 15, I'm the youngest there by far. 10 or 15 other people and a lady comes out and she asks everyone to come through. It's a group interview. So she begins to talk about the company and what they do and I have no idea what she's talking about. Anyway, she says, this is what we're going to do. She begins to explain that it's a construction company and, and, and yada, yada, yada. She goes through all of the different things that, that the company provides and things like that. And she says, one of the things that you need to be well trained in, as she begins to, to take us through this whole interview process, the group. And she says, what, one of the areas that, that you need to be well trained in and we need to know you have the skill set in is dealing um, with people and how to manage difficult customers. So she said, what we're going to do right now is we're going to actually perform a role play and each one of you are going to get up and perform this role play to show you're capable. I thought, oh, this is going to be hilarious. I don't even have a clue what I'm doing. I don't even know what the job is. I only just got out of high school. Anyway, you got 10, 15 people, every single one of those people, when they went through and introduced who they were at the start of the interview, every single one of them had experience in this particular field, except me. Every single one of them had years and years of experience, except me. So we start this role play. So it comes to my turn. And so they throw it on you last minute. So I walk in and, and, and this guy comes out and the lady says to me, this is the scenario. She said, you have just shown up at somebody's house to fix this particular unit that the company installs in people's homes. You are running late. This customer is annoyed because now you're so late. They have already got friends over. They're having a barbecue and now you're ringing the door. Go. So I go... <laughs> I go up and I put down my fake resume and, and I walk up and I get to the door and this guy comes to the door and he says, where have you been? I've got friends over. We're having a barbecue. You should have been here an hour ago. I just looked at him and I said, but at least I'm here. <laughs> then he says to me, the role play continues and he says to me, that's not good enough. I now have guests over here. We're having a barbecue. I promise this is no word of a lie. This is what I did. I said to him, did you say you're having a barbecue? He said, yes, I'm having a barbecue. I said, what about this for an idea? You invite me in for a steak. 
You and me sit down. We have a steak. And let's talk about how I can fix your unit. And I promise you, you're going to be a very happy man. The guy doing the interview looks at me and he says to me, I promise you, he looks at me. He finishes the role play. He looks at me and he says, I think we need to hire you. I said, I think you do too. Listen, no word of a lie, I promise you. He gives me an address. He says to me, I want you to go to this address. There's, I'm 19. I want you to go to this address. There is a company car that I want you to pick up. In the company car, there is a fuel card. Get the company card, get the fuel card, put fuel in the car and come back here. I come back there with the company car. I get there. I said, what am I doing? He says, this is what I want you to do next. I want you to take, he gives me this, this uh, money order for $5,000 worth of tools and equipment that I had to go and pick up. Then I'll bring that back. Then he gives me a $2,000 money order to go and buy all of these clothes for the job. I bring all of that back. At the end of doing all of that, he looks at me and he says, listen, we've hired you. This is all yours. You begin work next week. Let me tell you, I arrived there on a train, 19 years old, not one as God is my witness. I was the only person that got hired out of that entire group. I arrived 19 on a train. I left with a company car, fuel card, $5,000 worth in equipment and $2,000 worth in clothing. Don't tell me that God doesn't do things quickly and do things suddenly. I want to tell you that you've got to start to lift your expectation and believe that God is going to do something quickly and suddenly. You serve a God of suddenly. Be, be obedient. Be obedient to what He says. What's great when God does a sudden work is He gets the glory and not us. When God does a sudden work, we can't take the glory for our own because it happened suddenly. The second thing with sudden works, I want to show you the story of Joseph. If you know the story of Joseph, Genesis, it tells the story of Joseph, that Joseph went from a prison, in a prison to a palace in a matter of a few hours. In a prison and then all of a sudden, He's in a palace. It was a work that God did suddenly. But listen to me and understand this. If you know the full story of Joseph, you'll know that that sudden work also had a process. That if you want to set yourself up for suddenly, not only do you have to be, not only do you have to continue in, obedient, in obedience, but you've also got to commit to the process. Because while Joseph did go from the prison to the palace in a few hours, there was a 13-year process of him being committed to the process and faithful to the process. See, one of the things that we get excited about when we talk about a sermon or a message like this is we want God to do something straight away without us having to do anything beforehand to prepare us for the sudden work He wants to do. You've got to understand that we need to be committed. There needs to be a commitment to the process. In Malachi 3 and verse 1, it says, Behold, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. The Lord whom you seek shall suddenly 
come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, said the Lord of hosts. Look at what he's saying. Malachi is saying the Lord's going to come and he's going to do it suddenly. But before he says that, he says, and the Lord whom you seek. If we want to be set up for God's suddenly, we have to commit to the process of seeking after Him. Commit to the process as you begin this fast. Commit to that process of seeking God's face every day and you will set yourself up for a suddenly. I was talking with Caressa the other day. We were watching documentary on, on the UFC fighter, Conor McGregor. We're watching this, this documentary and it was showing all of Conor McGregor's training. I remember saying to other people when I watched, you know, I think we all watched the, the McGregor Mayweather fight. And I remember when we were watching that fight and everybody was talking about the money that these, both of these men got paid for, I think, I know it was 10 rounds, I think three rounds, it must have been 30 minutes of work. Everybody was talking about it. You can go and look. I think Mayweather, I think, cleared almost $100 million for 30 minutes. We're talking about Conor McGregor and saying, Conor McGregor, for 30 minutes. Come on, how many know that's not a bad job? 30 minutes of work, we'll give you $100 million. You'd be like, okay, I can enjoy anything for 30 minutes for 100 mil. Everyone was talking about it and everyone was even criticizing them, if you like about how absurd it was that for 30 minutes, just being there for 30 minutes, bro, I'll let anyone beat me up for 100 mil for 30 minutes. Smack me around all you want. We looked at it when we all said how absurd, how crazy it was until I watched this documentary about Conor McGregor. And I watched Conor McGregor and as I watched, began to watch this documentary of Conor McGregor waking up at 4.30 in the morning to go out and start running laps around ovals, grinding, lifting weights, vomiting on the field. I mean, you watch this documentary. I, heard he, I was hearing him talk about what he would do after the next day after fights. And they say he would not be able to physically move. His body would be so beat up. Watching him get in ice bars and I was watching this whole process and suddenly it occurred to me and I said to Caressa, we're so quick to criticise how much they got paid for 30 minutes because we only saw the 30 minutes. We didn't realise that there was a commitment to the process that took years and years and years of grinding before the sudden... We're so quick fix, aren't we, in our society? Man, if we've got to wait more than two minutes for a cheeseburger, look out, my goodness. You ever pull in that drive through and you order your food and you're ready to go and the last little girl comes to the window and she says, excuse me, can you just pull over to the side? Oh, my Lord. Some of us, you would think the Lord just came and the whole earth is about to blow up. My God. God forbid you've got to pull over to the side and wait an extra minute. Life is so hard, isn't it? 
See, we don't want to be committed to the process. We're so quick to criticise somebody when they make all of this money in 30 minutes because we weren't there to see the years and years of commitment to the process. When you commit to the process, you set yourself up for a sudden work. I want to encourage some of you that God has seen your commitment. The Bible says this, it says that He stores every tear. He sees every tear in heaven. I felt like God told me to tell you tonight that God has seen every single tear that has been shed in prayer. As you've been committed to the process of prayer and interceding and believing. God has seen the commitment to the process and He's about to unlock a sudden work. That what you have been believing for day after day and year after year and declaring as we begin 2018 as the year of new beginnings, there's about to become a new speedy breakthrough as you've been committed to the process. The last thing and I'm going to close. First, continue in obedience. Second, commit to the process. And three, you have to connect to the source. He is the source of suddenly. Suddenly is not going to happen in your own effort, in your own strength. It's only going to happen when you connect to the source That is Jesus Christ. In John 15 and verse 5, I love this. Jesus speaking. He says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus, we can do a lot of things. On our own strength, but nothing supernatural comes until we are connected to a supernatural source. For some of you, you are empty because you are going around life every single day searching for a supernatural thing through natural things. You're trying to get a supernatural peace through a natural thing. Trying to get security through jobs, trying to get self-esteem through relationships, trying to get fulfilment through money. I want to tell you, you're searching for a supernatural purpose that can only be fulfilled when you connect to the source. And the source is Jesus Christ. I love the story story of Paul and Silas, you know the story, Paul and Silas are locked in prison they're bound in prison with chains despite their circumstances, beside the prison that they were in, the difficulties that they were in, they made a decision that even though we've got this going on around us, we must connect to the source and look at this is why praise and worship is so powerful, what it does is it connects you to the source so the Bible says 
that Paul and Silas, as they made this decision to connect to the source, the Bible says that the Lord came, and you can read it later, but it says He came and suddenly, in the midnight hour, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening. Then suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Why? Because they made a decision that even though there's difficulties around us, I've got to connect to the source. And the moment they connected to the source, suddenly, you know the the story of the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says that there was a woman who was sick. She had a flow of blood in her body that had not stopped for 12 years. And the Bible says that Jesus is walking through a crowd. And it says that the woman crawled on her hands and knees and reached out and grabbed the hem of His garment. And you can read it later, but it says, suddenly. The moment she connected with the source. The Bible says that suddenly the flow in her body, the sickness in her body suddenly left. Why? Because she recognised that she needed to connect to something that was Jesus Christ. It's time for a suddenly in your life. When God restores somebody, He restores you suddenly. When we receive what Jesus Christ did on the cross as a personal thing for us, we receive it over our life. We are restored. The Bible says we are made white as snow and it happens suddenly. I remember being away from God, running from God, doing all the crazy things and living in the world. But I want to tell you, it took only a second. I didn't have to work up to it. I didn't have to do all of this. I simply had to cry out to God and connect to that source. And then all of a sudden, I felt that love and that forgiveness that can only come from Jesus Christ. I want to tell you, church, I believe it so strongly in my heart and I'm finished. But God wants to do a sudden work in your life. Are you ready to expect? What is something sudden? Something sudden is something that you you didn't expect. Are you ready to expect the unexpected? Are you ready to believe that God is about to do something immediate in your life that is above and beyond what you could possibly ask, think or imagine? God's about to do something sudden in your life. Right across this room, can we stand to our feet, every person in this room? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.